friends, I'd like you to simply reflect upon this question for a moment. How great is Jesus to you? How great, mighty, amazing is Jesus to you? Well, last week we learnt that Christ stands above it all, including the angels, the most powerful creatures outside of God. And to enhance our understanding of the Son's supremacy, greatness, today we're going to again look at the angels and compare the angels to Jesus and see that Jesus is indeed higher than the angels in his royalty, divinity, and authority. And to declare that Jesus is above the angels, I'd like to firstly look at verse 5 that Heather read. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I've become your father? The question here is formed to show that the title son does not belong to the angels. The title son belongs to someone of a higher rank, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Jesus is the royal descendant of God himself. Wow, amazing stuff, right? And to further emphasize his higher rank over the angels, the author now speaks about the exaltation of Jesus. Look at verse 6 on the screen. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. At first glance, this verse seems to refer to the birth of Jesus, announced to the world by angels, But the word translated world there does not mean planet Earth. The the word world refers to the heavenly, spiritual world. And so to cut things short, this verse refers to the time when Jesus became the firstborn over all. So the firstborn from among the dead at his resurrection, all angels must therefore worship Jesus because he's in conquered death. He now reigns at the right hand of God. He is the royal firstborn son of God. And so Jesus is indeed supreme from the get go in the scripture, far above the angels. And like the angels, I believe Jesus deserves our worship. Remember that the angels are the most powerful being outside of God. If the angels are bowing down to God, Jesus, in worship, should we? The answer is yes. And to consider what worshipping the Son might look like for us, consider this thought exercise with me. Imagine that the Queen of England was about to walk into your home. Just imagine it. Close your eyes. Imagine the queen is walking down your footpath, about to knock on your door. How would you treat her? I imagine you would clean your home, reorganize your furniture, ensure that the room temperature was nice. You would likely provide a tea and homemade biscuits, maybe even turn on some classical music, wear your finest clothes, and use your best 
manners. In a real sense, you would reorder your entire life in that moment to ensure that the queen was honoured in your presence. Now, if Jesus is a royalty of another league, how much more should we desire to live a life ordered in praise? How much more should we reorder our lives to ensure that Jesus is worshipped? I say this with boldness because I sense that most of our days, maybe most of our lives, and I stress the word maybe, go by without even a single thought of Jesus. And if there's no thought given to how he provides for our needs, how he gives breath to our lungs, how he calls us to proclaim his good news, it's unlikely that we're living a life of praise. We are called to live our whole lives in worship to Jesus. Every moment of every day should be an opportunity for us to declare, Lord, you reign. You are the king of the creation. I magnify your name. You are good, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being here in this moment. Lord, you are awesome. You are supreme. May I adore you every day, every moment of every day. And so then consider this question. What do you need to do to reorder your life for worship? Personally, this year, I chose to do something new. I decided to get a journal and write a short devotion in which I send to other youth ministers and pastors. This practice of accountability forces me to dive deep into God's word, leading to affectionate prayer and worship. By simply reordering my day in this way, I'm more likely to worship Christ in the nitty-gritty, if that be through evangelism opportunities or resisting a personal temptation. Simply all you need to do is take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around and place it before Christ as an act of worship. If we do this, I believe that Christ will be greatly magnified in our lives, just as the angels magnify Christ. I'm going to look at the verse 7 now. It says this, In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. While the angels are indeed powerful, What we see here is that the power of the angels is actually limited. That word spirits can also be winds. And so like winds and flames, the presence of these servants is brief and short-lived in comparison to Jesus, the divine son. This is made clear in the following verses. But about the son, God says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions 
by anointing you with the oil of joy. Jesus rules with a scepter of divine authority, a justice that will last forever. Last forever. Since the son loved righteousness and hated wickedness, God God set him above his companions. The anointing of oil marks the coronation of Jesus to the right hand of God. And there he will reign over the dead and the living forever. Think about that. Time will not end. This will be forever. A perpetual reign. No end. And since he sits in the greatest seat of authority, nothing, not even the whole army of angels, can compare to the uncreated king of the creation, Jesus Christ. And this is also clear in the following three verses. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish But you, Jesus, will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You'll roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they'll be changed. But you remain the same. And your years will never end. These are words about Jesus. And they come straight from a psalm. Psalm 102. And this psalm is quoted to show that Jesus is the divine creator. The divine agent of creation. There's an image of Jesus up there. When we look to him, we think, creator God. That's power. That's authority. And this creator's kingship will have no end. Even though the heavens and the earth will fade away, Jesus will remain unmovable indestructible, unbreakable. Even though heaven and earth will shift and change, the sun will remain the same as yesterday and today and forever. This is indeed a comfort for my soul to know that I have something unshakable, unchanging to lean on. Jesus. Especially when uncertainty strikes. And to illustrate one certainty, and this is quite controversial, so bear with me. I'm finding the change and suppression bill, which was passed in Victoria, quite daunting, paving the way for a culture of religious discrimination. Responding to this bill, one Christian social commentator said, and please forgive me, I don't agree with his tone. The bill is about destroying an idea and oppressing those who believe it. Namely, the idea that children are boys and girls. Boys grow up to be men. Girls grow up to be women. Men and women are made for each other, get permanently married, have children. And this is a family. And this is right and good. Many will say this is archaic or a quaint idea. But are we now punishing the promotion of quaint ideas with up to 10 years jail sentence? This is what the bill does. It matters not whether you're a parent upholding the idea in your home, a faith leader promoting the idea, or a school that believes the idea. 
A police investigation against you may begin at any moment. Now, this is not happening in New South Wales, but it could happen in the near future. And the point is frightening. And I'm not trying to address human sexuality here. I'm addressing the, the, the destruction of religious freedom in Victoria. If we choose, for example, to foster an orthodox vision for human sexuality in our homes and churches in Victoria, we can actually be criminalised. If we encourage boys to be boys, we can have, we have the fear of being in prison for 10 years. While this bill was originally intended to stop bigotry towards the LGBTIQ plus community, which is a good thing, this has flipped to the other extreme. There are now rage campaigns purely dedicated to silencing and condemning a traditional perspective on human sexuality. And so religious freedom in Australia is in the decline. There will be a day where if I probably speak out in these ways, I could actually be imprisoned for holding to an orthodox vision for human sexuality. And that scares me. That is uncertainty to the point where I don't even know if I could go to Victoria to be a minister in the future. And so whatever side you sit on, I would like to say, and here's my main point here, bigotry is flourishing. The pendulum has swinged almost the other extreme. I believe in a society where it's important for others to express their um, own views and to live in a tolerant atmosphere, and that's no longer the case in Victoria. Yet I remain hopeful in Christ. While the kingdoms of this world will fight to the death, God has promised us a city that lasts, an unshakable kingdom that will survive the final cataclysm of the present heaven and earth at the end of the age. While we experience intense pressures as we hold on to, for example, Orthodox Christianity in this present moment, please be assured salvation is given to those who faithfully weather the storm, even if our religious freedom is blown to the ground. And so many Christians are basically saying, while these bills are in place, we should not compromise our Christianity, but live as if it doesn't exist. And if I, would like to, if I was to take you to Acts chapter 6, we see the gospel going forth to the nations. And that was the attitude of the apostles proclaiming Christ despite the fear of being imprisoned and rejected by a society. But friends, in light of all this, while we're living in a moment of uncertainty... Christ never changes. He is our rock. And so he is a rock-solid person, God, to lean on. He is supreme. And so hold on to the divine son. Amen. Amen. Hold on to him. I want to look at the last two verses. It says, To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This final quotation comes from Psalm 110 verse 1. In the original context 
the psalm refers to the king of Israel, who, who was called to display God's rule on the earth. But when applied to Jesus, the meaning and vision of this psalm is expanded rapidly. Jesus does not symbolically sit at God's right hand. He literally sits at God's right hand in authoritative power. As the divine son, he has been elevated to the highest position to exert the rule of God himself throughout the entire cosmos. I say highest position because the angels, again, are inferior to Jesus. While Jesus rules with supreme authority, the angels, in fact, have a different task. A task which they're called to humble themselves under him. The angels serve Jesus as ministering spirits, submitting themselves to Jesus. They serve those who are to inherit salvation through the Son. And so who are those who are called to inherit salvation? It's me and you. The angels have a task. They direct us in times of need, warn us of impending threats, and remind us of the gospel truths. At Christ's command, angels serve us but often without our realisation. While this might seem crazy, it is possible that a ministering spirit, angel, is with us right now. Can you see him? We can't see him, can we? But it's possible that an angel is actually here. I use the word possible for a reason. For there's much unhealthy speculation when it comes to angelic activities. While I believe that the world is full of spiritual creatures, demons, angels. While I believe that the world is full of mystery, wonder and supernatural powers. I am also aware of modern paganism. By focusing on new age spirituality and mixing it with Christianity, I know that the faith of many people I know personally has been severely damaged. In our desperation to move beyond this cold, harsh, hostile reality that we face each day, many I know have mingled with things like angel healing stones, angel summoning techniques, And moon prayers. This in turn has led many individuals down a path of spiritual chaos, blinding them to the authority of Christ. I can think of one man in particular who no longer even follows Jesus. And so if you're tempted to transcend, go beyond this ordinary, at the expense of biblical truth, be warned. You are walking down a slippery slope. While angels are in the Bible, we must be careful that when we walk into things like bookshops, the angel books there are not Christianity. We must give our full allegiance, therefore, 
to Jesus. All spiritual comforts come from him. While the angels can richly bless us, remember that our visit, these visitations of the angels must actually be ordained by the direction of Jesus Christ. All spiritual comfort, comforts flow from Jesus. And so may our hearts fully belong to him. Like a man who sells all his wealth to buy a field, may we invest all our treasures, all our hopes, all our dreams into this one deposit, the one who is higher than the angels. Even if people say, don't place all your bets on that one man, Jesus, ignore the critics. Christ rules at the right hand. He is higher than the angels. His royalty is supreme. His divinity is grand. His authority is unmatched. And so I pray that he'll be the king of your entire heart. Even if it costs your family, your career, your life. And to help you offer our whole hearts to Christ. Let me close with the words from this great hymn that I continually turn to. This hymn is Be Thou My Vision. It says, Riches I heed not, nor, nor vain empty praise. Thou and my inheritance, now, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. Ruler of heaven, my treasure thou art. Jesus is higher than the angels. May our hearts fully belong to him. Amen.